Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Endurance Minded, the podcast that looks at the emotional and psychological aspects of endurance sports and what it is that drives athletes to push themselves further and faster. As always, I'm your host, Taylor Thomas, founder and coach at TEC, and we are going to dive back in and do another podcast mini-sode. Uh, it's been a few episodes since we've done one. There's a lot that's happened in the world. Um, there's a lot of good things that have happened. Uh, some of the restrictions have opened up, um, and uh, a lot of countries and states are getting back or trying to get back to normal uh, with the COVID-19 pandemic, so that's great. Um, still a lot of disruptions uh, as well. Uh, I think it'll be some time before we find ourselves back to um, what we saw as normal uh, before all this happened, but feels like a good time to do a, another mini-sode. Um, a lot of things have transpired, and um, what I want to talk about today is the concept of athletic identity. Um, this has been one of the areas that has been um, it, it, most affected and where athletes have been most impacted as a result of how this season has played out for athletes. Um, and it's an area that doesn't necessarily get a lot of attention. Um, it's not something that athletes tend to think about a lot, although it is um, below the surface something that controls and guides a lot of the decisions that we make as athletes. Um, but it's not something that we necessarily think about all the time. So been given this a lot of thought. I've had conversations with athletes, with other coaches, with the team um, at TEC, and uh, and uh, I have some thoughts that I want to share and some some ways that I think that we can think about athletic identity um, to help us be more successful, um, to help us be more um, to have more longevity in in the sport, whatever discipline we're preparing for. And uh, again, just to try to position the concept in a way that is uh, that's productive and not detrimental to our success as athletes. Before I dive into that, uh, I want to go uh, a couple of quick reminders. We're doing um, Coach's Happy Hour every Thursday at 5 o'clock, 5 p.m. Mountain Standard Time on Instagram Live. Um, and that's been really, really great. We've been doing that for, I think, eight or ten weeks now, and it's really evolved. Um, this week, June 11th, uh, our episode is going to be on um, pre-workout mobility uh, and and core strengthening. So these happy hours have, have evolved, and we've done a few where uh, we've done uh, some uh, self-care episode where we did foam rolling tips and we, we uh, led everyone through a guided uh, foam rolling um, practice. This week we're going to be doing pre-workout mobility, so tips on how to prepare your body for exercise. Also work on some core strengthening exercises outside of some of the, the areas where we typically think about uh, or where our mind goes when we think about exercising uh, or strengthening our core. So these have been super cool and um, I've uh, we, we've really been enjoying doing them, and we're going to kind of let them continue to evolve. So 
check that out. Uh, if you can join us live, uh, we're always fielding questions from the audience uh, live during the happy hour. We also post that to IGTV. We have a series that we've started uh, for Coaches Happy Hours. You can check it out and tune in after the fact. So uh, join us every Thursday, 5 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Uh, our Instagram handle is uh, Thomas underscore endurance underscore coaching. So you can find us there. Uh, just a little reminder. Uh, it's been a fun time and they've, we've, we've covered lots of, uh, lots of cool topics. So uh, check it out. All right, let's, let's dive into to athletic identity. Um, again, an area where we don't tend to put a lot of energy thinking about it. We have covered it a, a fair amount on and off in this podcast, um, the last episode that we did with Carrie Cheadle um, a month ago or so, we touched on athletic identity specific to how COVID-19, cancellation of races, adaptation of training, not being able to get to the gym, uh, all of these things have impacted um, a, a lot of athletes' identity. And, and Carrie gave some great tips on how to how to combat that and how to think about that successfully. So I almost would kind of want to play on that a little bit um, or, or pick up on that conversation uh, and go into uh, to what this means and, and dive a little deeper into this concept of athletic identity. So first and foremost, uh, well, I want to start by just kind of identifying what athletic identity is. And, and from a sports psychology perspective, uh, it is uh, the degree to which an individual identifies with the athlete role and looks to others for acknowledgement of that role. So just to kind of set the tone for the conversation, um, that is the definition. And one of the, I think, key takeaways for me <clears throat> and, and the thing that stands out most in that definition is the last part, which is, um, looks to others for acknowledgement of that role. So we're looking externally for validation, for acknowledgement, um, and that's a really important thing to understand or to realize kind of out of the gate or at the onset of this conversation is that there is an internal and external component of of an athlete's identity or of our athletic identity. And that external piece is the piece that um, can be threatened most easily and specific to our current circumstances. That's been the area where a lot of athletes have struggled. And it's, it's come down to basically who am I as an athlete, if I'm not a racer. So with event cancellations, um, you know, for the most part, no, no one has raced um, for the entirety of this year. And that has really had a lot of impacts on athletes whose identity is primarily wrapped up in their distinction or them identifying themselves as as a racer. And so I, I want to dive in a little bit more specifically to, to that piece because it, it's been an area where a lot of people have struggled. And But I think there's also a great opportunity 
there to, or, or within that, that struggle, uh, there, there's some opportunity. Um, and, you know, I think it's something that maybe we've never taken the time to, to answer that question. The question being, who, who am I if I'm not a racer? If races are canceled, if I can't race like I typically have, uh, if my season doesn't take the same shape or follow the same trajectory that it typically has, then who am I as an athlete? And we haven't had to answer that question, not necessarily because we shouldn't have answered that question, but we haven't had to answer that question because we, we've never been in these circumstances. Um, not like this. Maybe we've been injured. You know, Certainly there's, there's highs and lows, but in terms of mass cancellations uh, and, and really very little likelihood of, of races taking the same form and tone that they have in the past, we've always been able to, to ascribe our identity to some level of racing. Um, so, you know, a lot of times athletic identity is rooted in things that are more superficial, uh, things like uh, a particular group ride that you really like or group run. Um, to that end, maybe you're a member of a club or a team, um, and that really helps to shape your identity. Uh, more often than not, or a lot of times we see that identity come from the specific discipline racer that you are. So maybe that, uh, or an example of that would be, I'm a ultra endurance mountain bike racer. I race 100 mile races. I race 12 hour races, 24 hour races, whatever. I'm a marathon uh, runner. I'm an ultra distance runner. Um, you, when asked about who you are as an athlete, you lead with your discipline or the specifics of your discipline. Um, and that can, that can be fine unless those things are taken from you uh, in a sense, then that athletic identity becomes, becomes less clear. So the problem that we've been uh, confronted with and, and what's been brought to light is that when, when these things go away, when, when we're not racing these disciplines um, and, and that part of our identity falls away, what's, what's left? And this has been the area where a lot of athletes have struggled, um, partly because you're left feeling like you don't have a goal, uh, feeling like uh, maybe some of your motivation is gone. Uh, that was your primary driver was to get to that race or be prepared for those races. Also, back to that definition of athletic identity, um, we there's a big loss in that external validation. So if we don't show up to the start line, if we don't uh, or can't show up to the group ride or group run, if we can't be with the race team or the group that we're used to being with, we don't receive that validation like we like we used to. Uh, and that validation for so many athletes is is so important. Um, and truthfully, in my opinion, maybe it's it's been given too much weight. Um, if 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 our success or failure 
hangs in the balance of it, of that external validation that's probably too fragile of an identity um, and so that's really why I wanted to dive into this is to think about how we can strengthen that identity outside of um, some of those external validations and and those outcome based goals um, so how do we uh, so how do we define our athletic identity. If, if things change, when things change, when we're not able to get that validation that we're used to, um, what does that mean for, for our athletic identity? And how, how can we use that as an opportunity to strengthen that I- identity versus letting it uh, be weakened? And, and that's where I think there's an opportunity for a real shift. And the conversations that I'm having with athletes during this time period have ultimately led to very, very productive realizations about what it is that that athlete holds holds um, is important for that athlete, what they hold kind of nearest and dearest, what truly is their motivator when those those external or those outcome based um, validations are removed. Um, and those are the things that you ultimately are, are going to be what moves you forward season after season as, as things change, uh, as you evolve as an athlete. Um, and, and so my, my goal again is, it's not to say that, that these external validation isn't valuable and those aren't good reasons to to get out of bed in the morning or, or to, uh, to, to continue to train. But as we've seen, it can be when those things are removed, if that's the only thing that's keeping the pieces together, that becomes problematic. Um, and, and we want to always aim for health and longevity over near term success on race day. And so that's, that's my goal with, with this is to try to help athletes carve out um, a more dynamic and nuanced athletic identity versus something that's more superficial and more surface-based. Because like we've seen, anything can happen and these things uh, can, can go away. And so it's important to be more, or certainly helpful to be more more nuanced and more diverse. So how do we define uh, athletic identity when these things are removed? Um, If we look at, uh, if we turn back to sports psychology, um, one of the practices is to identify your top five priorities. So not in in sport, um, not in relation to you being an athlete, but but for your life. Uh, what are your top five priorities? And that might be, um, could be your job, could be your family, could be your relationship with your loved ones. Um, probably, if you're an athlete, one of those priorities is going to be um, your training or the pursuit of your athletic endeavors. But the practice of outlining those top five priorities helps you the goal is that it helps to contextualize your athletic identity in relation to 
other aspects of your life. You're not just an athlete. Um, you're certainly not an athlete to everyone. You uh, could be um, could be a spouse. You could be a parent. You could be a brother, a sister. Um, you could be any number of things to to different people. And so, identifying what your priorities are helps to to provide that context. And again, having uh, your training or again the pursuit of your athletic endeavors being part of that or one of those priorities is a good thing. I imagine for most athletes, that's going to be high on the list. But it's not, uh, it's not the only thing. Um, so that's a good practice to start with, and it helps to, again, kind of position that identity in relation to the rest of your life. Um, another good practice is to think about your athletic identity or define your athletic identity outside of outcome-based goals. So we've talked um, a fair amount, specifically over the last um, six months, about um, different types of goals. Um, and that's been because outcome-based goals, which are, which are races, um, those, those have, uh, have been removed. Um, we, we don't have that really, certainly not to the same degree, that we're used to having that as athletes. And so we've, we've been really forced and I've, I've said, you know, I think in a, in a good way or for the better, but we've been forced to, to think about, um, to think about our goals differently. So if we remove outcome-based goals, um, how do we define that athletic identity outside of that? Um, and, that could go any number of ways. So there's not a right or wrong answer to, to this. And, um, you know, I think when when we give it the thought and the attention that that question deserves, it can go any number of ways. Um, but, you know, it could be, um, uh, a, an example would be just to be, um, to continue to, to be healthy, right? Maybe you're getting older. And, you know, racing is a great way or, or traditionally has been a great way to stay motivated and to kind of provide some check boxes season after season. But at the end of the day, if those races don't happen, um, you know, you continue to see uh, gains from, you know, just a, a health and wellness perspective. You know, you have good physicals every year. Uh, your blood work comes back good. You're, um, you know, you're not nutrient deficient, Wh whatever it is. Um, that could be one goal or one way to define athletic identity outside of outcome-based um, goals. Uh, it might be to find balance in your life. So maybe that athletic identity has, or maybe your athletic identity has taken over. Um, it's become too much of a priority. Maybe that balance has been, uh, has fallen, um, uh, you know, out of line um, for the last few seasons. And so maybe, um, uh, maybe that's a goal is to find, find balance. And if you do that, that's going to set you up for success long-term. Um, so again, could go any number of ways. It's going to be different and it's probably multi-tiered for every athlete. It's probably not one answer. It's probably a combination of things that lead to success and lead to that athletic identity. 
Um, you know, a good one I've talked to, uh, to a lot of athletes that, um, they've kind of been dealing with or, or injury has been sitting right below the surface for several seasons and and they've been able to manage it, mitigate kind of full blown injury, but they haven't been operating at their full potential maybe, or they've been in some pain. They've been, you know, it just hadn't quite felt a hundred percent, but because they've been racing, they haven't been able to, or haven't given themselves the time to get a hundred percent healthy. Um, now with those, um, in a sense with those barriers removed, they, um, their athletic identity now becomes being an help, being a healthy athlete, being a hundred percent, um, capable, getting back to full capacity, being able to, uh, move in their body comfortably. Um, and so, you know, that, that's something that's come to light. It's been a fantastic example is that, Without these things, that athletic identity becomes much more, you know, holistic um, and much more about being healthy and well-rounded versus being, you know, just chasing these these races. Um, so um, another thing that that I've thought about a lot and is how do we, and this falls under how we define our athletic identity. Uh, outside of these, these outcome-based goals is, um, can we define our athletic value proposition? Um, and this is just kind of a, a, a phrase that I have come up with or have been thinking a lot about. Um, we hear that phrase, you know, it's, it's popular uh, all over the place. Um, business and, and elsewhere uh, a value proposition. Um, but I think that there's potential to define our athletic value proposition. And, and what I mean by that is what value does the pursuit of being an athlete bring to our lives? So what, what is the value in for us as athletes in continuing to do the things we do as athletes, stay focused, stay motivated, execute our training, um, have uh, give attention to proper nutrition, to proper hydration, to rest, to recovery, all of the many facets of being an athlete, what, what value does that bring to our lives? And more importantly, or maybe more targeted, um, what, what's that value, again, back to the original question, what's that value outside of these outcome-based goals? And so an example or examples could be maybe the value proposition is it brings you joy. Uh, it brings you health. It brings you more focus. Um, it, uh, it brings you, hopefully, uh, more longevity. Um, it provides motivation. It helps to center you. Um, it provides a, a benchmark or a, a, a cornerstone in your life from which you're able to execute on other goals that you have. And 
in your life, be it business, uh, you know, career, relationship, whatever they may be. So that value proposition, your, your athletic value proposition, think about, um, think about what that is. What value does it bring to your life in the pursuit of your athletic endeavors? And again, the answer should be more, more nuanced than um, it feels good to win a race. Uh, and again, that, that can be an important part. But as we've seen, when that falls away, there has to be something else. And so think more. So all these things I mentioned, joy, health, focus, longevity, motivation, um, whatever it is, all these things um, are aspects of being an athlete that, um, that don't have to deal with outcomes. They're processes. Um, and again, we've talked about process, performance, and outcome-based goal, goals on the podcast before. Um, but thinking about things that way is going to help identify or define your athletic identity in ways that allow you to, to overcome obstacles when things come up. When your athletic identity is put to the test because maybe it's been more superficial maybe it's been more uh, externally validated if we think about our athletic value proposition and we and we define that and we understand how the pursuit of these things brings us joy health focus longevity whatever it is for you that's going to help um it's going to help us weather the storm um so i encourage you to use this time to define your athletic identity. And again, it's, it's an area where, you know, truthfully, we just haven't been forced to think about that very much. It, it is, it's really easy to, to, to just, when things are going like they always have or normally would have gone, to fall back on these, these kind of cut and dry, uh, oftentimes external uh, validations. Um, you know, what it feels like to win the sprint at the Tuesday night world's group ride. Um, you know, what it feels like to be top 10 at a big race to PR on a climb, you know, whatever it is. Um, and with those things being, um, moved and how those, the role that those things are, are now taking, uh, in our lives as athletes, um, it's important to, to dive in a little deeper and kind of sit with that question of, um, what is my athletic identity? And then specific to the current time that we're in, it, you might find that if you define that, that identity, and if you really, again, kind of sit with that, and think about what the true answer to that is, you might find that instead of scrambling to find another race, um, you know, looking to late season to see if there's a race that might be happening and, and constantly kind of jumping from one possible race scenario to the next, only to find out that, you know, maybe it's canceled or their permitting got pulled or, or whatever, which is happening a lot, you might find that 
instead of scrambling from race to race, um, that you take this time to develop other aspects of your athletic identity. So um, that kind of reaching for race opportunities might just be, um, it might just be you looking for that external validation because you haven't given, um, taken the time to think about what that uh, athletic value proposition is or what the the nuanced aspects of that value proposition uh, are. So I, I've, I've been seeing a lot of athletes have a lot of success when they sit down and take the time to think about what that athletic identity looks like and what it feels like and what it looks like when things change. And ultimately, I've seen it make have a have a really positive impact on their expectations for the time period that we're in. What's it going to actually look like if we don't really get to race this season? Uh, or if there's limited field uh, at these races, and so we're not going to have the competition aspect that we're used to. Um, or maybe we have to do solo, self-supported races uh, on these courses instead of showing up with a thousand people like normal. So that's been a really productive shift um, to potentially stop chasing some of these uh, external components um, and and look inwardly and and potentially look for or seek some of these things like I mentioned: joy, health, focus, longevity, motivation, um, more process-oriented pieces. And again, figure out how that how that gets combined for you as an athlete with with races, with external validation, with the folks that you uh, you like to train with. Because that's, that's a piece of the puzzle for sure, but it's not the only piece. So finding that blend uh, is really important. So um, take some time. Think about your athletic identity. I hope this was helpful. This has been a topic that I've been thinking a lot about. Um, I've seen a lot of athletes have a lot of really – great breakthroughs during this time period because we're thinking about or because they're thinking about things like this that again we we haven't traditionally given a tremendous amount of attention um but i think it could be really really valuable so hopefully um it'll uh it'll push you to to take some time think about these things um and lead to um all of our end goal which is being a more successful athlete season after season. Um, so, uh, thanks again, as always for listening. Um, check out thomasendurancecoaching.com for everything that we talked about. We've, we've been doing some, uh, writing about some of this stuff on our blog, some of these more nuanced, um, concepts and, and nuanced aspects of being an athlete, uh, of coaches working with athletes, how we can weather this storm together as a team, um, so, so check out, uh, the website. We're also offering a uh, free 30 minute coach consultations right now. So if you're feeling, um, if you're feeling lost, if you're feeling like you can't quite figure out what direction to go, maybe your motivation is, uh, is waning a little bit due to everything that's happening. Um, we're, uh, we're here to help. So you can go to thomasendurancecoaching.com, um, 
click on the uh, button in the right corner uh, of the website, schedule a free consultation with one of our uh, expert coaches, and we're happy to help provide guidance and insight uh, and get you moving in the right direction. So thanks as always for listening to Endurance Minded, and we'll see you next time.